It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. You're listening to the Let Him Cook podcast fueled by Cody Road in the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Nigel, we are the morning after Big Monday. Um, Got a lot of basketball to talk about, and we're not going to start with Big Monday. So let's go back to last week and this weekend in general. I found myself watching a lot of basketball on Saturday. Are there any games that stood out to you? I got a real sick of one, but I want to hear it from you first if there's a game. Let's let's look outside of Iowa State, Texas Tech. Another game from Saturday that you got into. Well, since you brought it up, I think uh, you probably saw this one coming. But uh, Duke and Florida State, and not because sure. of the game, but because of the performance from the best TikToker slash athlete, maybe yes. of all time, Jared McCain, freshman, had thirty five points, eight from a eight for eleven from three. So, I mean, the guy was absolutely on a tear. Just uh, remarkable. I mean, he, he's been great all year. And, uh, yeah, I think he was like a f- two two threes away from J.J. Reddick's record, like for most threes in a yeah, game. So that's cra- crazy performance by the freshman. But, um, yeah, definitely definitely McCain's performance uh, at, at Florida State. And he was real close to breaking the, like, one-game freshman score record. I think J.J. Reddick has that too. But that list was like – JJ, well, no, he beat McCain. that record because oh, Zion had, had, it. It. He had okay. Zion had 33 against Syracuse a few years ago, and, and he had, McCain at 35. Because that was a crazy list. It was like JJ, Zion, RJ Barrett twice. Yeah, like it was crazy how recent it was too. But I was like, well, freshman didn't really play at Duke until yeah, 20. RJ Barrett didn't pass the ball either, so I would expect right. him to have that just hooping. Yeah. Um, the one for me that I got super into. Uh, St. Bonaventure versus Davidson. And this Gross. one was an overtime, dude. That was a game a crazy to remember. Game to be watching on Saturday, but proceed. CBS Sports Network, butts in seats. And so single overtime, Davidson is down three, no timeouts. So they got to run the offense, miss it, kick out rebound, like a Bosch to Allen situation, drains it and got fouled. So made the three to tie it and is going to the free throw line to win the game. Turns out his foot was on the line, so it makes it a two. So now the free throw is to tie to send it to double overtime. And then the commentators had it wrong the whole time. There was never a foul on the floor. So once they found out that the foot was on the line and it was just a two-pointer, time expired while the ball was in the air. 
So yeah. the game's just over. And the team started walking off the court and the commentators, I don't know if the officials didn't communicate, but the commentators were like, where's everybody going? And the game was just over. It was cinema. It was like one of the weirdest endings. I think the commentators just like missed the landing, but it was incredible to watch. So did you see yesterday or on Twitter? Shout out Bonnie's. Sense to you. Huh? Shout out Bonnie's. That's, yeah. that's my, that's my guys up there. Did you see on Twitter yesterday? I think I said it to you. It was, uh, it was, I, WU versus Texas A&M Commerce. Oh, yeah, was Incarnate like, Ward. Yeah, Incarnate Ward. Uh, two SLC teams, uh, conference foes of Northwestern State. Shout out uh, uh, the Louisiana land and natives. But, um, yeah, they apparently they, they really – there was like 27, play, te- uh, 27 people at the game yesterday. And after the game and the good game line, they just start having a brawl. And, I mean, this is like Pistons – Pacers brawl. Yeah. Like they got, were going at it. And Cyclone Larry, shout out to Cyclone Larry. Hilarious. I was crying at this. He was like, man, there's like 27 people in the building. They're just doing this for the love of the game. Like, <laughs> this is what do they gain from this? <laughs> it is, I was it was just so good to see that level of a brawl in that insignificant yeah. of a game. Because Pacers, Pistons, like there's history behind those two teams. And given right. the context of the years. Those those are the two best teams in the central division at the time. So why there's hot like animosity and you know even fans can come get this smoke, I get it. But that is not the game to have that same energy. I mean, yeah. I I could see a Houston Iowa State. Sure, you know mm-hmm. m- we might as well. We already it's already a rock fight. Let's let's make it a fist fight. But just to 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 see that mid major basketball, uh, just Pistons. Malice at the Palace level brawl was was it wasn't heartwarming, but it was just hilarious. So yeah. I, I had to give it a shout out. And like, yeah, to have no energy from your home crowd and still be that pissed off to go punch someone. Yeah. Love that. It's like it's like when Detroit Mercy won and like that one guy rushed the court. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the one man's court storm. Who's a better fan, him or Cyclone Jim Carrey? Oh man. It I want to know if he knew he was gonna be the only guy to storm the court. Because if he, he probably knew that, like did it unironically, I would hope. Man, because they were zero and twenty-two going into that game, right? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. and he was just like, he like, <laughs> he was just like, yeah, and then like was just out there by himself. That was it. Yeah, it was sad, but anyway. oh. all right, let's let's talk Iowa State hoops, and we got to go back. We got three games to get to, so put your seatbelts on, uh, get it, get a cup of coffee, sit down with us. Cincinnati, and this is kind of a point overall I want to make, Nigel. I feel like even great Iowa State teams in the past have had letdown games, have fallen into trap games, have lost games they probably shouldn't have. And so far, knock on wood, Iowa State has not had that yet. But I feel like both at Cincinnati and home against Texas Tech were two opportunities for kind of a letdown spot. Not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Cincinnati, I was like, oh, it became a running joke. It was like two turnovers in two minutes, three turnovers in three minutes. And it was like clockwork. And it ended up being eight turnovers and three steals in the first six minutes. And Cincinnati looked like they had just, they, they'd they rather be anywhere else. And that's just kind of what that Iowa State defense does to you. But my God, was that defense just smothering in the first half against Cincinnati. Yeah, no, it was, I, I thought it was just a solid win. And I thought it was a it was a huge te- Cincinnati specifically was a huge testament to Jones, 
like just still stepping into that role and becoming more comfortable in that six man role. I feel like he's really starting to find his rhythm. And even in a day where, you know, like you said, it's a trap game. And I feel like for when you bring up trap games, a huge opponent that comes to my mind has been OK State, especially in yeah. the TJ era. It's just like the team you can't get past, but you should be getting past, um, you know. But again, it, it, like you said, it felt like this was the, the new OK State, you know, in a sense. And to come out and just really just putting our foot down defensively and kind of setting the tone for the big week that this was, I think it was huge. And I think, you know, kind of setting the tone and us kind of riding that wave into Texas Tech, I feel like it kind of put us in a good momentum for Houston. And it just, it obviously didn't work out, but I think, I feel like it was a great tone setter. Like, like I said, for the week. So. Yeah. And one player I was really looking out for, <clears throat> excuse me, John Newman for Cincinnati is one of the best defenders in the big 12. Um, and he was on Momchilovich a lot of the night and gave Momchilovich a lot of problems, but Newman had kind of stepped up in the past couple games for Cincinnati as a scorer. And he might've fin if he finished with points, I think it was at the free throw line late in the game because he wasn't able to get a shot off. He's a senior. The other player for Cincinnati, I want to talk about maybe the best name in college sports right now, Jizzle James, only a freshman. Pause. And, yeah. And he might be a problem for, no pun intended, years to come because wow. that guy. Wow. Sorry. That guy wow. <laughs> is playing at an elite level as a freshman. Uh, I think it's pronounced Edrin James. I remember him a little bit on like Madden is his dad. And I don't know. I was just really impressed with his game. I mean, he was being guarded by Taman Lipsy and Keyshawn Gilbert most of the night, and he was making things happen. So if he doesn't transfer out of Cincinnati, that is definitely a guy that might be a problem for a couple of years uh, yeah. for the Bearcats. Yeah, no, I think too, just, just really I, I going into the game, I really didn't do much uh, looking, looking in on Cincinnati, but I, it did feel like because it was on the road, it's a, it's a trap game and right. guys you've never heard of before, obviously can can have big games and it just it just goes to show that like every team in this league has a guy that you may not have heard of before some of you some obviously we have heard of um but just it, it there's no there's not a day off in the big 12 and i think you know even a, a game like cincinnati where you know they've proven to you know be be a, a solid team despite being one of the newbies i feel like all the newbies have done a good job kind of like holding their own in, in a yeah. new conference and, and handling the fact that this is a gauntlet and that there are no days off in this league. Yeah. A really complete game. Nigel, we always talk about how important the four minutes before halftime, the four minutes after halftime are, especially in road games. I feel like to set the tone, Iowa state won in an 18 to two run and that eight minute stretch before and after halftime. And that was, I think it, Keyshawn Gilbert hit a three to go up 41 to 26. And like, as long as we keep teams eight points to 12 points away, it is really hard to beat Iowa state in the final four minutes. If you're down anywhere from eight to 12 points, I think we've seen that time and time again, where a team will kind of chip away back into a game and be within striking distance, but you need to be either tied or ahead against Iowa state in the final four minutes where I would feel comfortable just with how good this team has closed games. 
that that is not a place you can be as a team is down 10 against Iowa State with like four minutes left. I just don't see with the defense and how we've played. I mean, Keyshawn has been solid down the stretch. Momchilovic has hit some huge shots in the final minute of a game. So I think it was just really important to keep Cincinnati kind of at an arm's length in the second half, and they did. Yeah, and, and like like I said, we, we know to the officiating, especially yeah. on the road, of what – you know that could, what it is on the, in the Big Twelve. Um, I think to to compensate, just to to make sure we're not running into an officiating problem with you know making that another I guess crutch in a, in the game. It is important to you know set the tone defensively and you know ending you know forcing twenty five turnovers like that's nuts. And if we can keep that going, even if it isn't against you know we don't have the same type of night against Houston, I think. Staying with that same principle is going to be very beneficial long term because I feel like yesterday kind of proved that this that's probably going to be your Big Twelve championship, and you could be playing a Cincinnati in the first round. I don't know how the seating's looking right now exactly, but a team of that nature could be a first round right. team that Iowa State could run into. And again, like this week, you had to set the tone. It's a good simulation to what the Big Twelve tournament could look like potentially. So. Yeah, as of last night, I think Oklahoma-Cincinnati were the 8-9, and nine, and the winner of that would have played Iowa State, which was the one seed going into the Houston game last night. Now we're the two. So, But Cincinnati very well could be like anywhere from 7 to 10 in the final right. standings. So that definitely could be our, our first opponent in Kansas City. The other thing I want to talk about, this is one of my favorite stats, mostly in non-conference. We did it to TCU, and we've done it to one other Big 12 team, but forcing more turnovers than the opponent has made field goals. That stat, dude, just blows my mind. You have more possessions that end in a turnover than a made basket for 40 yeah. minutes. I mean, that is just such a brutal way to watch a basketball game as a fan, if you're a fan of that team, frustrating as a coach, as a player. And 12 of those were steals. We talk a lot about unforced turnovers. 12 of those were just cookies. I mean, just like forcing turnovers from good defense, trapping, rotating. I mean, that defense was on point that whole game. And 12 steals in one game is, is nuts as a team. And that 25 turnovers, almost half of them are steals. Mercy. I mean, they just did not look like they were... I think it's so hard to prepare for Iowa State in the way they play defense. And we'll yeah. get to this as we talk about Houston. Houston and Iowa State might be the only two teams that can prepare for one another with how hard both those teams play defense. Hard to replicate in a practice. Like, I don't know how you even match that intensity without it being the real deal. Yeah, it's it's hard to ask your managers to, you know, right. put on some sneakers and play Jamal Shed defense. Yeah. It's, this, this kid's a regular student. He's not doing that. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I think, too, it's just like some teams kind of speak the same language. And I feel like Iowa State and Houston, I mean, those if if playing defense is the tango, those yeah. those two dudes are like Antonio Banderas. You know, they're yeah. just smooth with it. They they don't care. So I mean, I think too, it's just like there there's a there's tears when it comes to sickos in our league. And I think right at the top, it's that Monday night matchup. Yeah, which looked like a WWE matchup, if, if we're being completely honest. So I think again, those, those are just two teams that speak the same language, and a team like Cincinnati, although is 
really decent. I would I would put them up with that. I'd say I'd say Cincinnati record wise is like really close to like Iowa, you yeah. know. So are they terrible? No. Are they good? No. You know. So it, it's I don't know. I I just feel like it's it's a good way to start out the week that was this week and. Again, I was very satisfied with that win. I was very nervous because I just didn't know much about Cincinnati. Yeah. So happy that, you know, you walk out with a, a nine-point win. I mean, you can't – I can't complain, so. And then Saturday – and the, this always scares me and it happens to Big 12 because of Big Monday. You play a game on Saturday, and then usually it's like one of the biggest games of the season two days later, which was the case for Iowa State. And credit to the coaching staff of like not letting the players look ahead on the schedule, because I think as a player, I would have had a hard time being like, all right, we play for basically the number one spot in the best conference on Monday, but now we got to take care of Texas tech two days before. I think that's just, it's a hard game to focus on when you have Houston two days later. Um, But dude, I, this was at times I felt like Iowa state was unbeatable. Mm-hmm. We would play incredible defense for 30 seconds, come right down the court, run an efficient offense. Momchilovich or Lipsy or Gilbert would hit a tough shot and just it happened time and time again to the point where, like, if I was Texas Tech, what 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 am I supposed to do, coach? I'm like, we're not doing anything on offense. We come down, we play good defense, and it doesn't matter. We can't. Yeah, it just it was incredible to watch. It was one of the best performances I've seen from this Iowa State team to date, especially in that first half. Man, this team looked all the part of a Final Four team against Texas Tech. Yeah, and I mean, again, we we talk about turnovers versus uh, against Cincinnati against Texas Tech. I mean, you get sixteen. Yeah. So I mean, just keep, keeping it in that high teen to twenty turnover. I mean, it's going to be hard to win any game if you're turning the ball over at that rate. Um, and just also to keep to be a very efficient like throughout our starting five, four and double figures, and you know they all pretty they all shot pretty efficiently too, and you just it's one of those games where like we talk about, I guess, is Iowa State a contender in a game like this? It's like yes, they are like without yeah. a doubt, just because they they look like they're just kind of clicking on all cylinders, and I feel like you know. Keyshawn, the last two games has been really big for us. And I feel like he has, he's starting to evolve into that. All right. I know when to get mine, I guess, mentality. And sometimes right. you do need that, especially like, like yesterday when, you know, you're kind of just playing from behind from the jump and you just do need a spark. I feel like he's kind of been that spark as of late and, you know, 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists. I mean, he's just having complete games as of late. And I think, Again, we, we've we've made the John Morant comparison, but it just seems to be like he's becoming more of that John Morant esque player as the season evolves, and I'm very excited to see what he can do, you know, in the postseason. Given that he's playing this well of basketball, like late in February. Yeah, it's been a weird. I think as Keyshawn Gilbert has rised, we've seen Milan Mamchilovic kind of not slump, but his Plateau. point production. Yeah. He, he, and I think a lot of times, though, he's drawn the best defender on yeah. against teams. So that leaves guys like Keyshawn and Curtis Jones and Taman Lipsy. You're going against the second or third best guard, and that, you know, you got to get yours. I mean, that's the matchups that you have to exploit. 
So, you know, if you want to only let Momchilovic score 10 points, that's fine, but it might end up with Keyshawn getting 24 or Curtis getting 15 off the bench. I think what makes this team so special is you can take one guy away and we're still going to find three other guys to get 15 points. So, yeah, credit to Keyshawn for stepping up because I think he might have started the season in non-conference and even the start of Big 12 play drawing the best defender. And not that he was playing bad, but just Momchilovic is so dangerous on offense that he draws so much attention, and Keyshawn's really been able to exploit some of these matchups. Yeah, and, and I feel like I feel like our league too. Like, there's just so much pride in in t- like not wanting a freshman to really yeah. embarrass you. So I feel like naturally, just having the hot start that Milan had in the year, it's like I, I could see a Bill Self or you know a Kevin Sampson being like, "We're not gonna have a freshman kill us." Right. So naturally you you are yeah you're right. Keyshawn is going to have the second or third best defender on the on the on the floor at all times. And uh, for if you're going to put your best defender that would maybe be on Keyshawn initially, but because of the situation they feel like they need to put him on Milan, that's already a mismatch. So right. whoever Keyshawn is being guarded by is probably guarding out of position, which is also a mismatch. So I mean it, it's it's I guess the ultimate chess move that you know now the other team, they're trying to compensate for it, but it may not work in the long run. And I feel like, you know, when Keyshawn is able to have the last two games that he did, it's it's just kind of proof to, you know, that that's that claim and statement. Uh, Texas Tech only played seven guys in that Iowa State game, which is not a recipe I would recommend for opposing coaches with how Iowa State plays defense and how hard they make you work. Texas Tech had some injuries. Um, their big man was in a boot. And I, they had an injury in the non-conference. So they're down. They've been down one guy for a long time, but being down two guys against Iowa State is a, is a tough place to be, especially at Hilton Coliseum. Nigel, there's one guy I want to talk about who I cannot stand, and that's Joe Toussaint. And we're going to talk later about Jamal Shedd. Joe Toussaint thinks he's Jamal Shedd. He acts like how Taman Lipsy or Jamal Shedd plays where he's just like super high intensity, but that's just how he acts. He's not like a super, you know, like lockdown defender. He made some shots against Iowa State late, but he's not like a go-get-your-own-bucket kind of guy. He had a pretty good game. I know he did, but... He had a pretty good game, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. He's pressing like the whole game... And not well, he's just doing it to do it. Is what I'm, like a lot of the stuff he's just doing to be annoying. It's not effective. I, I mean, he did like, that stuff at he did that stuff at West Virginia because of the play style, and then he did it at Iowa too. Like he was, he's never not been annoying. I'm sick of it. I get it. I get it. I, and it's I can one tell thing. This is personal you, for you. If it is, if 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 you're like a better player because of you play annoying, like I Patrick Beverly is kind of the first guy. Like, I think he's an asshole because it gives him an advantage and it, it's kept him in the league. I don't yeah. even know if it gives Joe to like, I don't know if he has to do all that. Just go about your business. Like, I don't really Look, man, think he's getting in guys' heads. He's a point guard from the Bronx. If you don't think man. he's going to have a little, like, you know, a little, you know, he like, that's just, that's how they are, man. Like, it's like, that's like telling Curtis Stinson, hey, don't have that dog in you, you know? He'd be like, what? Who are you? That's just, they, 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 they play with that arrogance and that, that genesis quoi as, you know, 
it's it's just i guess it, i think it kind of just comes with you know being from new york i feel like the the point guards there they just they just have that extra pride and i feel like tucson is you know an epitome of that but i understand your frustration because yes it's like bro go get a job you've yeah. been here since my freshman year in college you know it's this is your third team right you're still here and he's like talking like, back and forth with the student section it's like dude like you've played more games at hilton than some iowa state cyclones have like get a, go and I away think, I, no, but I think also if you're playing Iowa State that much naturally in your season, because whether you're at Iowa, you're going to play them at least once. Whether you're at West Virginia, you might play them twice. Yeah. And if you're at Texas Tech, you might play them twice in a year. So, I mean, if you're not going to play for Iowa State, I would eventually learn to hate Iowa State. Sure. Because we're assholes too. Like, let's not get it twisted. You got Jim Carrey in the crowd. Yeah. Doing, I'd be ready to fight too. You know? So, it's... It comes with the territory, and I, I, I'm very understanding of, you know, the opposition's perspective, and I can get how Joe Toussaint is just, you know, I, I think he can he can go to bed at night peacefully if he, if he beats us at the end of the day, so. Uh, ha- had a great game and a losing effort. Yeah. Uh, someone who didn't have a great game and a losing effort, Pop Isaacs, 0 for 7 from 3, 2 for 11 from the field, and his shot... So I like I've watched a couple of Texas. It's Tech hilarious. Games. He's like not a bad shooter, but mechanically that shot is bad. Like it is, it is what like it's just off. Like that is not a smooth looking jumper. And I've seen it go in. So I know it's somewhat effective. But when he was shooting at Iowa State, I was like, maybe just leave him open. It looks like he can't make them. So he really well, I wouldn't though. say that. I I it's like every time he shoots my my heart my my heart does sink a little. Yeah, I was ready for one to go in. Go crazy right. too. So I don't know. I, he it's very like like it's got to be balanced and it's got to be like uh, he has enough space in front of him to get it off for it to actually like go in. Right. But it it is just a very like quick like high arcing shot. And it just doesn't look like a smart shot, but right. when it goes in, it's like, what can you do? But he he's kind of been their guy all year. So to yeah. to to put emphasis on, you know, let's not have him hit a three, let's not have him get going, because I I feel like a, a a streaky shooter like that, all you need to see is one to to right. kind of feel to to really get going, and you know to see him, you know, from the jump, kind of just like not find that rhythm. I think it was huge, and I think. Texas Tech as a team, because of that, really didn't have an answer. And then you have to kind of rely on Joe Toussaint to kind of do the heavy lifting offensively. Yeah, I totally. And I think Iowa State's done a great job of that. Oftentimes, the opponent's best player has a bad game against us. So, you know, if if we take away the best guy, it comes down to supporting cast. And more often than not, these teams aren't deep enough where they can have a lot of guys hurt you. If you take away, you know, a Pop Isaacs from a Texas Tech and make Joe Toussaint, you know, be their hero, I, I think Iowa State lives with that scenario. Yeah. Let me just say while we're on the topic of Pop Isaacs, shooter on the court, shooter off the court. Cause he <laughs> he he may be a huge reason as to the turmoil uh for Texas Tech's team chemistry at times. Yeah. Because the whole incident he had before the season, apparently he was with one of his teammates' sisters. Right. So the kid just doesn't care. He sees a shot, he's taking it. 
that can't be good for locker room chemistry. I, no, I can't no. imagine that that helps any uh, team bonding moments. Yeah, no, he lost some VC for that one. So. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on in this Texas Tech game, some of the team stat splits sound like a joke. As we mentioned, Iowa State for 16 turnovers. Texas Tech for six points off turnovers. Texas Tech had zero. Iowa State had 28 points off of turnovers. Wolf. Points in the paint, Iowa State had 44. Texas Tech had 22. Um, and then largest lead, Iowa State had a 21-point lead at, I think, I would guess early in the second half. And Texas Tech largest lead was two points. Uh, man, by the numbers, tough game to win for Texas Tech. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of Iowa State's go-to, get in the paint, get points in transition, and build a lead and they did all of that and more against Texas tech. So just kind of a textbook win for an Altsburger basketball team. Um, and yeah, looked really good. Really gave me a lot of confidence going into big Monday. Yeah. And I think too, like we talked about a few weeks ago, I think it was when we played TCU, but it seems to be like we, we build that lead and our kryptonite at times can be just teams are doing a better job at getting to the basket. I think as of late, We've done a great job at emphasizing that not happening. Yeah. And I feel like even uh, Kevin Sampson complained about it. Like at halftime, like we got to get in the paint. We have to get paint touches. And I feel like despite who we're playing, as long as we make that a point of emphasis of no paint touches for the other team, I feel like you really cannot find a rhythm because it's a lot of just like dribble once you get cut off, kick out. And it's just not the same effectiveness of, you actually get into the paint, you draw two people, and then you have an open shooter or something. You know, I, I just feel like that it's a great offensive killer for the other team. And I think if we make that a point of emphasis defensively, which I feel like we have, and we continue to do that, I feel like we will. I don't, I really, the rest of the season, if all goes well, I don't see us losing another game. Yeah. Like, I, I really don't. I, I feel like Houston's a great test just to see. You know, how have we improved on the road? I think we play that if we play that same game earlier in the year, so yeah. maybe flip flop like crisscross, like we play at Houston first. I don't think we have the same as good of a loss, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so definitely I feel like we're playing some of our best defense and we're starting to figure it out um as we go. But also while we're on the while we're on the topic of, you know, I was uh the Texas Tech game. Can we talk about the start Robert Jones had? I mean, that guy was <clears> green <throat> from the hook shots. I mean, I, that guy, he, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> I thought I thought he was going to go for 30. I'm not going to lie. I and saw he's two had, shots, and I'm like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> go home. Warm with the bus. He's had some really good finishes, like driving, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, he'll drive from, like, usually on a pick and roll, <clears throat> Two years ago, that's not happening. Like, I don't no. know what would happen, but it's not like a little, I, I mean, this is very much joking, but like a Giannis Antetokounmpo two-step long and lanky laid off the backboard. He's, he's nimble. He's like a deer. Mm. Yeah. Fear the deer. Fear the fun Jones. To I, fun to man, watch. Man, <laughs> it's like Joakim Noah in 2013, just in his prime. I, I, I love it. He's... He, I don't know who's been working with him with that hook shot, but it is butter. It's there. Like, and I can, it's like right off the catch. I can tell I'm like, Oh, that's green. 
Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh my God, it's going in. Like I he he's had great starts. And I think if he can continue to have great starts, it's gonna be not um obviously it's gonna be important, but I feel like it's gonna be huge come, you know, late March if we can make it that far. I mean, I just right. I feel like Keyshawn, Milan, like those are like obvious guys you're gonna go to in in March because you know you got to go for shot makers and at the end of the day guards win you the tournament in my opinion. But man, I, the what help Rob can be offensively going forward is is gonna be huge. So very very pleased with his play as of late. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nigel, we've been kind of talking about it the whole time, but let's get into Houston full force here. And yeah. I want to say off the top, this is probably the most nervous I've been for a regular season game as a fan in years. Like, I, I haven't felt this much excitement, hype. I felt damn near nauseous at around 7.45 last night before this Mom's game spaghetti. tipped off. Man, and it's just a huge moment for this program. I couldn't... You couldn't have told me four years ago when we were two and twenty. One, it'd be weird to tell me that we're playing Houston for a Big Twelve, a spot at the Big Twelve title. That would have been weird. But just like we're competing, we're ranked six. Like what a turnaround Odds has done. This program has done a one eighty in three years to where it was to where it is now. Yeah, and this kind of felt like an early culmination of all the work that he's put in. This team has put in this year. Um, it just felt like a very big moment for the program and you brought it up. I think you're exactly right. The home team, when these two teams play and it'll be so fun to watch if we get to see these two teams play on a neutral court, but both times the home team has kind of thrown the first punch. Iowa state was up 14 to zero at home. And then in Houston, they were up, I think 17 to four early and it just felt like a war. Like I can't tell you how physical each possession almost felt like a football possession of like, there is layers. Like I felt like I was just like living and dying on every possession. Cause two points felt like it was seven. I mean, yeah. just things were so hard to come by early on. What about that Houston defense? Like just talk to how difficult they make it on offense for Iowa state. I think they make it difficult to the certain degree of like, it's a, it's a mind F for yeah. Iowa State because it's like playing yourself in the mirror and you're like, what do I do? Right. <laughs> and then I think too, in times where we needed that extra umph that we got at home and we got from our crowd, like we weren't getting, for obvious reasons, we weren't at home. 
Um, and I just feel like the first punch in a game like this is very important. And Houston made the first punch offensively. Um, if I go back, I forgot his name, but 21. What's his face? 21. Do you know? One. Maybe Malik Wilson. Not Wilson. No. Was it Wilson? Big guy or? He was a guard or a wing. 21. He had like the Sharp. first five points. Sharp. Emmanuel Sharp. Yes, Emmanuel Sharp. Hadn't. Hadn't really remembered him from the first matchup. Like, I don't remember him having that big of an impact. He had a good game against us at Hilton. Because Cryer played terrible against us. Yeah. I was was more worried about Shed and Cryer going into when we had them in Ames. But, um, yeah, no, I think just a game like this where whoever offensively can make the first punch, um, I think is obviously going to have enough pad, you know, to to be able to kind kind of work with. Because a, a team like us is still gonna like keep it ugly, and to to go into halftime twenty eight twenty three, that's yeah. that's like Butler UConn twenty eleven national championship. That's gross. Um, yeah, and I I was very not disappointed, but I'm like, man, that first punch is really important, and it's almost like if you don't make that first punch, it's gonna be a close game, but you're gonna run out of time. You're not gonna have enough time to throw another punch, if that makes sense. Right, and so, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. The only thing I was going to like, you also have a limited amount of punches in a game like this because it is so tiring and you get so knocked around and beat up. It's hard to go on a 10-0 run 30 minutes into this game for either team. I mean, just the way these two teams play basketball, it's hard to be that, to play with speed and energy. And Houston, I'm trying to remember the what they call the stat, but it's basically like a kill. I don't remember what it's called, but it's going on a kill 10-0. shot. Kill shot. That I think is that's what, what Frank Fischler called it. Going on a 10 0 run. Houston has more of those than any other team in the country. I think the difference is they're not playing against, like, they do not have to work that hard on offense usually as they did against Iowa State. And, yeah. you know, same vice versa. Iowa State usually expending a lot of energy on defense, but usually the defense they're facing isn't the best in the country like it was against Houston. So yeah, you kind of got to, I think the first punch is so important because you're so goddamn tired, you know, in the second half of that game, it's like, I don't have any punches left. Like it's just like living and, and trying to get to the next possession at that point. So the, the start was big. The other thing, I don't want to touch on it for long, but I, I think it does need to be said officiating felt inconsistent. And that might be one of the, Yeah, that might be one of the harder games to officiate just because of how physical it is. But I think at some point you have to be, you know, that much contact, we're going to call a foul every time. And it felt like, you know, at certain times there'd be a lot of contact and you wouldn't call it. And then maybe five minutes later, the other team does it and they get called for a foul when I felt like it was less contact. And it went both ways. I would say the first half favored Houston, but in the second half, Iowa State definitely got some calls. So, yeah. It's just it's it's so hard to officiate those two teams because I think you could call a foul every single possession if you really wanted to and make a justification for it, but it's just another thing to get you out of your rhythm. Like those whistles, like you kind of start to get, you know, you get a couple baskets down, go down, you're driving to the lane, get hit by three guys, throw something up, thinking you got fouled because you did, and then they just say that's that's a you know live ball and then a defensive rebound. So 
that just sucks. I, that played a small part into it. I think the second half got better, and I think we got some calls in the second half. But that first half, I think, was just another thing that took Iowa State out of their rhythm. Yeah, we. It felt like too. We were just like, it felt like we were always down more than we were. Yeah, and 100%. it just felt like we were playing like down ten from the jump. And I feel like a big part in that was we went like four minutes without scoring. Yeah. Early. Um, and that that that's that's unacceptable. We can't have that. But to given that we did go through all that, um to shoot fifty two percent two from three, I was impressed yep. with that. And I think that's another testament to Keyshawn and Curtis of just what they've been able to do as of late. You know, Curtis shooting sixty percent from three off the bench. You know, I feel like he was big for us. And I think he's always gonna be that guy with Guys like Taman, guys like Keyshawn, guys like Milan in the starting lineup. It's like, even if you're playing as hard as Houston does defensively, it's like, oh, damn, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. And I feel like that's what he can really hurt you. And, you know, I, I really don't think Taman didn't play the best game. I think if he has 12 points, we win that game. Right. You know, so I, uh, again, a very uncharacteristic performance from Mr. Lipsy, but I'm sure T-Day's already on him about it. And like, the the few goose eggs he's had, you know, earlier in the year, TJ has held him accountable and he's asked more of him in those situations. And I'm sure he's going to do the same now, but um, yeah, we just need more production, obviously out of Taman uh, going forward. And I think a big part of that, Nadra, I was talking to you during the game last night and right before we started recording, Jamal shed might be my favorite player. That's not a cyclone. Boo. That guy's a dog. That guy like, stinks. He, I mean, the, like, he's just, especially during, like, the Hoiberg and Prom years, we would play guys like that, and I'm like, God, I wish we had a Cyclone that just, like, balled out like that guy does. On defense, from a leadership standpoint, taking over a game if he needs to, knocking down free throws, like, he's just a winner. And, I mean, I think Taman can do that by year I four. I think so, too. Like, but it's I, like, then don't go to the league, you know? Right. And I think so, like Lipsy has even shown signs of that now, but it, mostly when we were bad. And when I was in college, I would see guys like Mark vital or you just like guys kind of of that blueprint of just make winning plays all the damn time. Frank Mason, another guy like he, I'm just really impressed by it. And I think that's part of why Lipsy had a bad game. He had shed yeah. guarding him a majority of that game. And he's one of the best defenders in the country. And I really think, and this is no shot at Zach Eady, that that man's tall. But I think Jamal Shedd is the best player pound for pound in the country. I, I'm i just, and I'll stand by that. Like, I, I think he should win the Bob Cousy Award, and I think he should really be in running for the Naismith Award. I've been so impressed by what he's done. I think people thought LJ Cryer was going to come into Houston, get the keys to the offense, and put on a show. And it's been the Jamal Shedd team. I mean, he, he is no doubt the leader of that team. And it's also a cool story that both of those guys have known each other and been playing hoops together since third grade. That's just yeah. another, it's hard for me to root against this Houston team. Cause they're so much like Iowa state. It's just like they have black instead of gold on their uniforms. Like it's, it's like you said, looking in a mirror. And I just love watching these two teams play gritty, just rock fight basketball. Like that's my favorite kind of basketball. And it was a clinic last night of that exact kind of style. Some of my favorite brand of basketball. I'm more of the bucket for bucket. Like, sure. I think one of my favorite games of all time that I didn't have a dog in the fight, but I was just like, wow, was uh, 2015 
national semifinal, Kentucky versus Wisconsin. Yeah. Just, ooh. <laughs> go, if you're ever bored, go watch that game in full, please. You will not regret it. That Bro, I forgot how many dudes were in that gymnasium. Yeah. It was it was impeccable. And I I again, do I like the way Iowa State plays? Yes, because it makes a lot of teams in the country uncomfortable. But if I could choose, you know, if I could have the perfect life, I would love Iowa State to just go bucket for bucket with the team. Cause that those type of games, they give you butterflies as a fan. You're like, what is gonna happen next? Like, yeah. And I just feel like the rock fight. As a fan at times, like you get tired. You're like, damn, bro, can some someone make something happen? And they're just like, they're just still throwing haymakers at each other. I'm like, all right, score the ball. We get it. We get it, bro. And then uh, Jamal, I look at the box score, Jamal shit has 30. I'm I'm sick. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. I but again, for an older team like Houston, this is exactly how I would expect them to respond yeah. on their home floor given how good they've played this year, I could just see Kevin Sampson just probably juicing these boys up all weekend about this. Like calling Jamal soft. You got bodied by a sophomore, like probably saying crazy stuff. And Shed's just like listening to young boy before the game. Probably it's like, I'm not going to take this anymore. And you know, he, he obviously took it personal because the, the polarizing stat line between those two who again, have similar play styles, can do a lot of the same things, can impact winning at the same high level. I mean, one had a great day, one did not. Yeah. You know, and the one did not was playing for the Cyclones, and that's okay. Right. You know, we all have those days. And I think Tayman stays off four years. I think you will see Jamal Shedd right. esque, DeAndre Kane esque, you know, performances out of him. So I think, you know, going forward, we got to keep the faith, but. Uh, today the the big brother won. Yeah, and shockingly, I would have not have predicted this. Iowa State out rebound Houston thirty nine to thirty, and out offensive rebounds them. Houston is one of the best offensive rebounding teams, and they have been almost the whole time Samson's been there. They were almost an anomaly last year with how well they offensively rebound. They took a step back, but I still think they're top ten in the country. Um, and then. The other weird thing is Houston forced 20 turnovers and Iowa State only forced nine. And really what I think this game comes down to, yes, Taman Lipsy had a bad game, but unforced turnovers by Iowa State and free throw shooting. And almost in any game we've lost, you can kind of look at those two things and be like, we didn't win the turnover battle, which is such a huge part of Iowa State's success, and then struggled from the free throw line. And both of those things happened last night. And the one that sticks out to me, there's actually, I'll say two. Early in the game, Rob Jones has a great steal on a trap near the out-of-bounds line and then throws like a post route down the court. And I don't know if he thought it was either Lipsy or Gilbert on the run out. I think he thought they were the only guys back there. But Emmanuel Sharp, it almost went right to him. It was like a quarterback to a tight end in the red zone. So that was just like, you can't do that against Houston. And then the, the other one, Keyshawn Gilbert, I think got a little tunnel vision maybe from like the six minute mark to the four minute mark in the second half where he was trying to do a little too much. He wasn't really looking at the whole court. He was either trying to break his guy down or was looking directly at the guy who's setting the screen, but not really taking into account the whole offense. And he just tried to force a bad pass to Robert Jones and it got stolen at a critical point in the game. I think Iowa State's maybe down five 
So there's just some blown opportunities, I think, where we could have gotten points. Keyshawn Gilbert misses some free throws. He went 0 for 2 at least once. And it's just little things. And if you want to be the best team on the road, you gotta you gotta be perfect on little things. And that's a yeah. lot to ask for. Because I think we got a lot of the big things right. Out rebounding Houston is crazy. Um, but it's just a, and shooting over 50% from three. Like there, there are places we put ourselves in to win this game, but it's just little things that I think kind of messed us up down the stretch. Yeah. It'll it'll have TJ biting his lip in frustration yeah. as as we saw last night. Yeah. Uh, I think was, that was that was just an epitome of the game. He's just like, oh, man. Right. <laughs> like, like just not okay. Like, man, like it's so frustrating when you can you can almost like you see some light, you see some light at the end of the tunnel, and then a rock just falls in front of you, and now it's dark. And it's it is what it is, man. I I that I really thought we were going to get like, like the basketball gods were really doing us a solid this year. I thought we were only going to play Kansas and Houston once. Yeah. And both at Hilton. And, you know, it, it was a schedule like that, man. Give us, uh, give us Texas twice. Sure. We, we might be looking at number two in the country soon, just yeah. kind of by, you know, the, the, really really the, the solid wins we've had this year but i think this do you think this 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 loss hurts us going forward no and i just i went on ken palm right after the game and we didn't we stayed at where we were i think we're eighth in the country right now on ken palm and we didn't move up or down so like but i'm saying for the eight people do you think we we dropped from uh, the loss i don't i mean maybe one spot like if because I think we're right in front of Duke. If Duke wins both their games this week and we go one and one, maybe Duke leapfrogs us. But yeah, what I mean, like we were, we covered. If the AP wants to take that into account, we were a, depending on where you got it, nine and a half, eight and a half underdog. Vegas loves Iowa State for that. <laughs> Lost by eight. Um. So no, and that's like one of the you saw Marquette just get stomped by UConn when they went to UConn. They were the fourth ranked team. UConn's number one. And I think also, Marquette is they, like seven. They scare me. UConn. UConn. Why the hell are they that good still? Oof. I thought Jordan Hawkins was going to be gone and they were going to be right. like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Like the 14 to 15 year, how they just yeah. kind of fell off. I thought they're going to have the same fall off. But no. Nah. They got this 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 Spencer kid from the transfer portal. He's JJ Redick. Okay. Yeah. Like they, they, they have problems. They have their own Milan in uh, what's his face? Uh, White guy, number eleven. What's his name? I don't know. They got that seven-two center. I yeah, Donovan. Kling, yeah, uh, Klingon. Yeah, Klingon. They got some guys. They got some guys, and they were deep last year. So it's like they just have the stragglers this year, right? And you know they're still making stuff happen, but that's because Dan Hurley is a sicko. Like yeah. he's not okay in the head. He he slapped a player in the face after beating Syracuse, and then just went to go shake Beheim's hand like nothing happened. So, uh that that whole family eats nails for breakfast, and <laughs> I think I, I I don't know, man. I like we talk about being top ten, but I don't know anybody who's beating UConn right now. I really don't. I think UConn and Houston have set themselves apart as different beasts, and I know Iowa State kept it close. Houston beat the brakes off of Texas at yeah. in in Houston. I like. I don't know if there's a tougher, and I've heard this a lot that like college basketball has no elite teams this year. 
watch a Houston or a UConn game and tell me those two teams aren't elite. Yeah. Like the way they just play basketball and make it so hard on their opponent. I get that they like Jamal Shedd should be a household name. Donovan Klingon is up there with a household name. They don't have a, a guy that like everybody in America knows, but those two teams are as good as it comes in college basketball. So yeah, I think I think people are still kind of like hung over on like Zion. Yeah. Like, and it's been five years, six, five years now. Like, yeah. I think people just don't. I think it has to be that level of what the hell, like right. for people to be like, oh, this is insane. Like, this is a, a great college player. And you're just not going to get that. And I feel like you have to be an actual fan to see who pound for pound are the guys each year. And I think a lot of people just don't have the time or patience. Um, there's a lot of casuals that are about to come out in the next month. Um, actually, like right. the biggest college basketball fans in the world. And it's really annoying because, you know, those those people tend to have the best brackets, too, which right. pisses me off. So, yeah. Tell me about it. I spend about, I don't know, five hours a week doing DPI just for the fun Dylan's up it. at 3 a.m. like, come on, this 14 seed. <laughs> I'm watching St. Bonaventure any given Saturday just to to pass the time and standing on my feet in anticipation of a, a game-ending shot. So, yeah, Meanwhile, and of course, you'll have, it's like you'll have like a handful of KCCI employees that just like pick like mascots, like right? Who has the cuter mascot, and they just go get to the final four. It's it's sickening. It's sickening. it's like the secretary that takes Iowa men to the final four because she thought they had Caitlin Clark on their team and it was a women's bracket, and That's that so bracket crazy. ends up better than mine. And I'm looking around like, how did what? Who invited this? Who uh, who, who invited her to the party? It's brutal, man. It's brutal. Uh, speaking of something casuals aren't watching, Aiden, I don't know if you have this locked and ready to go with Nigel. I sent this to you, and I laughed for a solid minute. Jackson Pence was the one who found it, and I'm not sure why he Jackson. was looking. Maybe Jaron Holmes retweeted it, or maybe he follows the Leicester Riders Twitter page, but we have maybe one of my favorite calls of all time in a basketball game. And I think this is at the end of a quarter or maybe going into halftime. It's Jared Holmes. The glass calling in. Jared Holmes calling in the big triple on the buzzer off the glass. Hold that. On the buzzer off the glass. I just like Bloody I, brilliant, bruv. Bloody isn't it, brilliant. Isn't it incredible? I just like it makes me want just like two random British soccer commentators on like at least one big time CBS game a year. Cause that may be Iowa state, Kansas, but that would be awesome. It was just like a whole different way of me watching basketball. I was like, it was like culture shock. I was like, why are these like soccer dudes talking about beautiful off the glass in it? I was just like, it threw me for a loop. I, it was incredible. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, basketball is soccer. Yeah. Like it, you're trying to score a goal at the end of the day. It's just a smaller goal. Right. And so, you can use your hands. Yeah. So that's a pretty big. So it's, it's just, you're just changing up the limbs. No big yeah. deal. But I feel like, I mean, principle wise, it like, I remember like, it was like how I became, I realized I was a good FIFA player because I've been playing 2K all my life. Right. And when I played all my friends that just played FIFA, like, you're pretty good at this. And then, um, one of my friends, David, he was like, oh, it's, honestly, you play 2K a lot, so it makes sense how you would be good at this because it's kind of like the same similar right. principles. You're just trying to, like, get the ball up the floor to yeah. then put it in the goal, you know? So it's – I feel like soccer soccer commentators could definitely 
give basketball a shot and be pretty good at it. I've because it's, it's the same principle at the end of the day. It's just you know different limbs. Right. Uh, you can dunk, which I think would bring a huge emotional aspect out of them, and it would be it would be very entertaining. I think we should we should definitely start a petition or something. Get some soccer guys in here, uh, calling calling games. If like John Walters comes down with like the common cold or something, right. I don't know. Yeah, get get some guy from Leicester City to uh you know fly over the pond. There there is something just incredible about a British man with like a thick British accent losing his mind over sports. Gets me every time. It's it's just incredible to listen to. But yeah, I think uh. Yeah, just going forward for the rest of the season, you got West Virginia at yep. home. Those boys are in for it. Yeah, that's that's going on a limb and the... say, I, "We don't even pack your lunch. Just just take the beating and go home because it's gonna be bad." <laughs> yeah. Uh, OU, we need our lick back. Yep. Going to UCF, gonna be a tough environment. That but, one scares me a little. I'll say that. If you can play at Cincinnati and set the tone. I like a three o'clock. It's better than the seven p.m. start against BYU. I don't like that, even if it's home at game home. though. Home, I know. I think, but we know TJ. He's up at five in the morning doing chest. You know, I don't know if he's gonna be same energy level. So, I just I need maybe if we have a a later a later wake up time that day that might help help the sure. boys. But I just see it. I don't know. I, I if. The 1 p.m. games, I love. 11 p.m. games, I love because it's just – I feel like this team is a morning team. You yeah. know, this team just plays better in the early afternoon morning games. You know, you get to 5, 7 o'clock, we can be a little shaky. And yesterday was a prime example Eight of like, yeah, we played well, but that first punch is hard to do at 8 o'clock in the, uh, at night because, you know, yeah. team's probably already been up since 6, you know, just being sickos. So Right. Feel like the rest of the rest of the regular season is very winnable. I feel like at Kansas State, Kansas State is playing terrible Bad. basketball. Bad. Like I haven't seen a fall off this hard since you know Jermaine Dupree in the <laughs> early 2010s. Seeing him on the in the Super Bowl, I'm like, you're still alive, CeeLo Green. Bro, is that you, bro? Looked like mini me out there. It was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kansas State, Jermaine Dupree, same thing. Kansas State, I feel bad that everyone has to cheat against them to go for Kansas State to go one and seven. It's crazy that all seven teams they lost to are probably cheating and and doing something illegal. Um, BYU, I I think BYU has to kind of be the game circled for this Iowa State team out of the last five. I think we just kind of got embarrassed in Provo. I think they took advantage of kind of a hole in our defense, and I really hope we just come out and whoop on them and BYU has fallen off a little bit they've lost some games they probably should have won in the last two three weeks so I got that one circled for sure and then yeah if we can just go down to Manhattan just just go to lunch in a Jewish community that's all we gotta do that's really and then Houston for those uh still interested in the big 12 race they are at Baylor on Saturday then they have three pretty winnable games. And then their last game of the season is home against Kansas. Houston undefeated at home, but Kansas is no, you know, light work. So there's still a chance. Iowa State probably has to win out. Houston has to drop to uh, Baylor and Kansas. And then I think Baylor is a half game back on Iowa State right now. So 
what I'm saying, basically, if we would have beat Houston a lot easier road to the Big 12 uh, championship regular season, still a path, just a lot of things have to happen. I still think, you know, the path is there. It's just you're going to have to now do it as a two seed probably, but it is what it is, man. Yeah. Hey, hell of a crazier things happen. We have. And overall, I think as long as we didn't lose by 20 against Houston and just get absolutely dominated, like this hasn't changed my perspective of this team at all. I think we still are, you know, maybe a dark horse, dark horse final four team and easily one of the best four teams in the big 12, which is as good as it's ever been. So I, this game from big Monday didn't, you know, dishearten me. If anything, I was like, man, Houston is really good. The guard play, like you said, guards win in March. I'm not sure if there's a better backcourt in basketball than shed crier and sharp. Like those three guys can, they can go. So Houston definitely a team to look out for in March. I hope Iowa state sees them again in Kansas city and maybe, maybe in Phoenix. I ain't saying, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, it's, if you see us, if they, if we see them again in Kansas city, I think we can get them. Uh, cause, cause honestly to beat a team three times is hard and almost impossible at times, especially a team like Houston. But the series split yeah. going to Hilton South, I, yeah. I like those odds. So give us Houston in the, the Big 12 championship, and I'm all for it. So it, rest of the season, we just got to finish strong. Um, yeah. It's definitely some still some get-back games in that stretch, but if we, we finish strong, I feel really confident going into not only the Big 12 tournament, but obviously, you know, March. Yeah, I think Cyclones got to lock in. Five games left, and really, we've weathered the storm. I, like, we have played the toughest part of our conference schedule. Now it's time to finish business and get to Kansas City, get to the postseason. So I like where we're at. Same. Nigel, any parting shots before we get out of here? There's no Taylor Swift to complain about. Um, we already talked about Duke. I'm trying to think. LSU women, are they doing anything? And any? They they beat Texas Tech. I mean, uh, and Amen. I mean, yesterday. But okay. I mean, they're kind of same, same old, same old. Okay. But something I did want to bring up, I want to give a shout out to Tyrese Halliburton for his uh, performance in his first All Star game. Thirty two points, very impressive. Started off really hot from three, like yeah. really trying to do his best Reggie Miller impression out there. But something I do want to give credit to, dribbling on the break, pulls out the Jason Williams elbow pass. Wasn't the best pass, no, but it yeah. still was in reaching distance to where our MVP Damian Lillard could pick it up and get a shot off. That's all that matters because if you watch, go back and watch the Jason Williams highlight, it's the same thing. It's just like a he did the elbow tap. The guy got fouled and he missed the layup. So right, still a missed shot. I mean, but it's kind of the same result. So yeah. for him to pull that out, man, the the cojones on that guy just he he ceases to amaze me. And I, I I'm I'm so it's so cool to see someone of his story and. Obviously, he's from Iowa State, but to to see him really getting the national attention that he's getting now, yeah. it's it's really it's very deserving. And um, I was just very very happy to see Tyrese do well in his first All Star game. So that's yeah. all I got. And the skills contest, the Indiana Pacers, it was him, Matherin, and Miles Turner. And not that like everybody's tuning into All Star Weekend for the skills contest, but the Pacers won that. And then he had a pretty good showing in the three point contest as well. But yeah, Damian Lillard. I like. I think Damian Lillard and Tyrese Halliburton were the two clear like winners of our All Star Weekend. Like guys yeah. that like really put on a show in Indianapolis. 
Luca and jo- Jokic just piss me off. Man, how I, are those guys good? I basketball? like Luca. I like Luca. I know you don't like Luca, but I like don't. those two together, like we get it. You don't care. If you don't care, don't come. Like get fined. Like I'm, I'm sure there's someone else who wanted to come to an All Star game. Right. If you guys really don't care that much, but like, I, I don't know. We, we got to find some, some sort of uh, incentive, I guess, to. Yeah just make it a tad bit more, you know, competitive. Cause you do kind of lose people once we get to one ninety and stuff. Yeah. And it it is what it is, man. I mean, I know people don't want to get hurt in a game like that, but we got to find something. We got to find something to, there's got to be some pride in that game. I really think USA versus the world is the way to sell it. Like, I think yeah. that would make the USA guys have some kind of pressure similar to the Olympics of like, if you lose, that's a, that's a tough look. Like basketball yeah. is such an American thing historically. I know the world has caught up in in large strides, but there's still this sense of pride of like it is our sport we're gonna put on. I think that'd be the way to do it. And then you might get Luka Doncic actually trying instead of getting rim stuffed on a on a self alley oop and looking like a bozo out there. <laughs> Come on. In the all-star game, you're getting rim stuffed. Hey man. Everyone Go has back to the three-point line. What are, we, what are we doing, Luca? All right, that's all I got. That's yeah, all that's I got. All I Iowa State, West Virginia this Saturday, 1 o'clock. Still ranked six. I think we'll still be top 10 next week. Roll Cyclones. Yeah, let's go. Let them cook.